the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. Ron Geyer, End Time Insights. Happy New Year. I believe today is, let's see, it's January 2nd or 3rd, one of those two days. I'm not good with dates, but welcome. I'm glad you made it to the New Year, through Christmas. We thank the Lord. You know, we were talking about over the holidays, you know, we love the birth of Christ. We love the Christmas message. And that will always be a huge aspect of preaching the gospel. And yet, you know, that was 2,000 years ago. And we are so much closer to the return of Christ, which I believe is imminent, than we are to the birth 2,000 years ago. And we really need to start including the message of Christ's return in the gospel message that we preach. It is so important. We need to be prepared. And once again, that's why we do our radio show. Just a great privilege. We appreciate the people here. We appreciate the Lord providing for it. And we love talking to you because you need to be prepared for the return of Christ. And the good news for the church is if you are prepared for the return of Christ, you get to leave before his return and the wrath to come in the rapture of the church. One day I need to review that and just give you some signs why I believe that the Lord is coming very, 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 very soon. The phrase in Second Timothy 3, one, know that in the last days perilous times shall come. The phrase last days, the Greek is eschatos himero. And basically, it means the last of the last. Mankind's been walking on this earth for uh, 6,000 years, and he's about to take his last step. We are so close, that phrase intimates, intimates that his foot is in the air, the very last step, and it's coming down. And when Jesus' foot comes down in that very last step, he actually will go usher into the next time frame, which is called the millennial reign of Christ, where we get to rule and reign with him in the church on the earth for a thousand years. I should do a teaching on that. Man, it's such a good time. God's plan is perfect. Don't doubt him. Don't question him. You know, if you get stuck somewhere, trust him. That's what faith is all about. Faith isn't to get you a new car, a better job, a raise, even healed, although that's fine. You can appropriate faith wherever you want. Faith is to get you to come to a place of total reliance, total trust in God. That's what faith is. That's what trust is. Trust T-R-U-S-T, total reliance upon scriptural truth. You must come to trust God. As we ended last year, though, we were talking about the warnings to the church and from the present dangers that we face living in these perilous times, living in these end times. As Christians, what dangers are all around us? And these dangers are everywhere, but they really target the church, the Christians. Paul warned Timothy of the perilous times that would mark the very last days right before the return of Christ. He specifically focused on the fact that men, mankind, would be 
fierce. They would be evil, and they would create an environment of great risk to the Christian especially, but to everybody actually. And it's because not that times are bad, but men are evil, creating bad times. Mankind is bad. Add those warnings to the dangers that we spoke about from the false prophets and the false teachers within the church, and you can see why Paul called them perilous times or times of great risk. Yes, you and I, we are living in times of great risk. I praise God. He counted me worthy to place me in a time where there would be great risk. He trusted me. He trusted me that I would serve him. He trusted me that I would warn you of the dangers. He trusted you that you would be here, that he could use you to promote his kingdom, to represent his kingdom, to enhance his kingdom during these times of great peril. And so... We want to bond together. We want to become a family. We want to stay united in the faith. That's it, till we all come to the unity of our church. No, of our religion. No, till we all come to the unity of the faith. The faith is the totality of scriptures. It is the Christian creed. God wants us united around the word of God. Today's Christian most definitely needs to be on guard in order to walk purely and in holiness and truth during these last days. So our keynote verse for the early part of this year is going to be found in Luke twelve forty. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Well, that's not going to happen to me. I think he can come any minute, any day. He could come before I get off the air. So there is never a time when I think he cannot come. So I am ready, and you need to be ready also. Karen, our announcer, she reads this verse in the Matthew translation also in the Matthew Gospel talks about being ready. You must be ready. God wants us ready for his return. We need to start preaching that. As often as we preach about the birth of Jesus Christ, uh, we also need to preach about the return of Jesus Christ. If we remain ready for his return, then we shouldn't miss the rapture when he takes the church home before he pours out his wrath on an unbelieving world. But this show is to prepare you for living victoriously on the earth while you remain here, until such a time as you leave. However, it isn't the victorious lifestyle that Paul's teachers promote. It isn't the carnal victory that we are preparing you for. We are preparing you to be ready spiritually. It is a spiritual readiness, a victorious life in the spirit that will include, get this, daily self-judgment, suffering if need be, sacrifice and persecution as the Lord wills. That's why the last couple months of 2021, we spoke about judgment and suffering and God's sovereign will in our lives. 1 Peter 4.19, let me just give you a scripture reviewing the fact that it is God's will that you suffer. Get that through your head. Get that settled in your heart. I know in America, we don't want to acknowledge that. We do everything we can to avoid persecution, to avoid suffering. When 1 Peter 4.19 says, those who suffer according to God's will. And he tells you, trust him. When you're going through suffering, trust him. If it's God's will that you suffer, trust him. He knows best. Truth be told, other parts of scripture talks about that the suffering God will use to make sure that you understand that you are worthy entrance into his kingdom. Hallelujah. In America, the church leaders have painted a picture of God and Jesus and even of you that is contrary to Bible truths. This has resulted in a neutered church that has no backbone. We've got no power, no semblance of the Christian life that Paul and Peter and others and Jesus spoke about. I don't belong to that church, and neither should you. I belong to the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. 
in America. I belong to that church. Now it's few and far between where you can run into brothers and sisters who believe like that, who are ready, willing, and able to suffer according to the will of God, who recognize that Christianity, it's not all roses and happy stuff. It's suffering. It's tribulation. It's sacrifice. It's denial. You've got to understand that. That's the thing. Those are the principles that make you ready to serve in the kingdom of God, not wealth and divine favor. And uh, God is only good. And if it's God, it's good. If it's the devil, it's evil. No, that's not how it works. We judge God according to our own wisdom, our own reasoning. That's carnal. It's demonic. And we shouldn't do that. I don't belong to the church that does that. You belong to the church, which is the pillar and the ground of truth. We are not ruled by man or government. We bow neither to fear or foe. We run where the brave dare not go. And it's because we know our God and are ready to do exploits for him, no matter the cost, that we know we are his. Daniel 11.32 And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall the devil, Satan, the Antichrist, corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploits. I believe that's why you're here in the earth during this time. God knows he can trust you. Because you can trust him, God knows he can trust you. He knows you are strong and he knows you're going to do great things for his kingdom. Many think that lots of times I'm just being negative or judgmental in the things that I'm saying. That's fine. I really don't care. Believe what you're going to believe. We're just giving you the written biblical view of things, which, by the way, are desperately needed in America right now. And let me prove that to you. Let me bring you some survey numbers. I don't know if you know him, if you're familiar with George Barna. Uh, He's pretty famous in Christian circles. He's a pollster, and he's got some uh, renown. David Barton promotes him and uses him. But listen to this. This is, I think, in April, perhaps, of 2021, six months ago, seven months ago. According to a new study, Uh, by noted Christian pollster George Barna, only 6% of Americans adhere to a biblical worldview. Okay, you got that? 6%, one in 12 and a half, no, one in 16 and a half people see the world through the eyes of God. That means uh, 94% have a worldview that is contrary to the way God sees things. He writes, with 94% of Americans essentially rejecting the biblical worldview as the preferred way to think and live. That doesn't bother me. I get that. You know, I know this is Satan's world. I know we're living in the enemy's camp. God didn't place us in a playground. He put us in a battleground. I get it. Okay? We're living on enemy territory. But the thing that concerns me, and this is why we do the show, he further noted that only 9% of Christians have a world view. Did you get that? Now, in America, supposedly 67% of people confess Christianity. They say that they're Christians. Hmm. Well, only 9% of those 67%, that means two out of three Americans say they're Christians. Well, only 9% of those, less than 10%, one in 10 of those 67% have a biblical world view. Now, I know the election was stolen. Trump won it, but it was stolen. But still, with those numbers, okay, let's say we've got maybe 15 to 18 million Americans seeing things as God sees them in a nation with over 300 million folks. 
So basically, one in 10 Christians agree with God about things. You know, to me, stop that right there. You need to repent. You, you call yourself a Christian and you don't agree with God. You're not willing to see the world the way God sees the world. You're not willing to see sin for sin. You're not willing to see unrighteousness for unrighteousness. You're not willing to call murder, murder. You're not willing to call abortion, murder. You're not willing to call what's happening to our young children as depraved, wicked, demonic behavior. You're not willing to see those things from the viewpoint of God, and yet you're going to name the name of Jesus? I don't know about you. So basically, one in 10 Christians agree with God about things. That means the other 90%, well, are they really Christians at all? Do you understand what that means? Either they're not Christians, and they think they are Christians, or perhaps they have born-again spirits housing an unsaved soul. That's a possibility. But at the end of the day, can you see the failure of the church in dealing with that? We've got people walking around in America thinking that they're saved, and there's a good chance that they're not. That's on us, guys. That's on the church. Over 90% of the people in our nation are walking around saved thinking they're going to miss hell, and they are dead wrong. I have a message for the church. I have a message, and it says we need to quit trying to evangelize the lost in the nation, and we need to get to work, and we need to save the church, because the church is lost and headed for hell. You know, there's a difference between the Lord being the Savior of your life, Jesus, and being the Lord of your life. There's a big difference. You know, you meet Christ at the foot of the cross, and hopefully you get saved. You recognize that he went to hell for you, he suffered for your sin, he took your penalty, and he became sin for you so that you would not have to spend eternity in hell if you acknowledge what he did and ask him to come into your life and save you from your sin. That's salvation. That's where you meet Jesus as your salvation, as your Savior. But there's more to Christianity than just knowing Jesus as your Savior. You must know him as your Lord. And I think that's perhaps why we see just a big disparaging difference in the numbers between how many people say they're Christians and how many people have a biblical worldview. Because many perhaps know him as Savior, but they have no idea of what it means for Jesus to be your Lord. Well, you better have an idea. Luke 6:46. Jesus said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Remember, he talked to them and he says, you calling me Lord? Why? I don't know you. Get away from me. You need to know him not just as Savior for entrance into heaven. You need to know him as Lord also. If what the church is doing is leading 90% of America into a false sense of security and understanding of Christianity, then church, please, I beg you, stop doing what you're doing. My goodness, someone stop us from misleading all these people. That's not the work of God. That's the work of Satan. We must take our Christianity more seriously than we are doing. If only one in 10 Christians believe the Bible and what it says about the world, how can we ever hope to impact the world? Basically, then, the church has only 10% working in service to God, defending truth. The other 90% wearing the name of Christians are deceiving more and more and more than the church is impacting for righteousness' sake. 
we're in a whole lot of trouble as a church in the world today, as a church in America. We're going in the wrong direction. We're painting the wrong picture. We're leading people to hell. We're leading people to accept what they believe is wrong as truth. We cannot do that. We must not allow that to happen. We must take our Christianity more seriously than we do. Trouble is only 10% of us are probably working for the kingdom the way God wants us to work. I'm not surprised and I'm not shocked. The writers of the Bible said that it would be like this right before Jesus returns. This is just another evidence of the nearness of Christ's return, the apostasy, the false teachers, the false doctrines, the false preachers in the church. Jesus returns soon. You've got to get that. And the more signs that you see, the more fire in your belly that should create concerning the nearness of him coming back. Unfortunately, the church is dragging our feet in getting out the message of the dangers to the church, get this, from within the church. And so we see numbers like these where 90% of those who claim to be of the church really aren't. We aren't called to fix the church. Jesus said he would build it. But we can at least do our parts and maybe occasionally clean the windows and wash the floors. We've got to start taking care of ourselves in the church. We've got to start holding one another accountable. We're all guilty. Myself, complacency, carnality, compromise, cowardice has allowed religion to make a comfortable home in the body of Christ. I believe a possible solution is that, and it's, there's many parts to it, we must start preaching more boldly the truths of God. We must return to preaching the hard truths. We must return to reading our Bibles. We must correct false doctrine. We must quit supporting false Preachers, we must promote and demand of the saints that we live holy lives. We must confront sin in our churches. We've got to hold one another accountable. Paul plainly told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 12, What business of mine is it, and what right have I to judge outsiders, those that don't believe, those that are outside of the church? Is it not those inside the church upon whom you, Bible reader, you, Corinthian Christian, you, American Christian, is it not those inside the church upon whom you are to pass disciplinary judgment, passing censuring sentence on them as the facts require? He's talking to the church. He's talking to you and he's talking to me. And he says, is it not those inside the church upon whom you are to pass. We are to judge those within the church, not for the sake of condemnation. Don't fall for that demonic lie that the world uses to keep the church from judging. But we are required to keep a holy church, a clean church, and we inside the church are to do it. You see your pastor preaching trash quietly in the spirit of humility. You and one or two others go before him behind closed doors and you talk about it. You know of a brother or a sister that's living in adultery. You, male to male, female to female, one or two of you go together to that one in the spirit of meekness. Your goal is restoration, not condemnation. We've got no discernment in our churches because we don't judge. Anyone can come to church and we don't hold them accountable. It's the old come as you are, stay as you are. That is not Christianity. You come to church and you allow the Holy Spirit to convict you and he transforms you and he creates in you a new creature, holy and blameless without spot or wrinkle before the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's on our pastors. We have no discernment because we don't judge within anyone that's in the church that's living ungodly lives. We don't understand or we don't believe or we don't know. Leaven destroys righteousness. 
Our churches have been so compromised that it's virtually impossible to tell who's who. And that's on our leaders. That's on our shepherds. Although they're really not shepherds. Peter warned us, Second Peter, verses 1 through 3. But there were also false prophets among the people in the old days, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them. Don't forget, these people were brought into church by God. The sovereign Lord, in his free will, in his wisdom, in his grace, he brought them into church. And they will deny him. They will deny his sovereignty. They will deny his ability to judge them. They will bring upon themselves swift destruction. Many will follow their depraved conduct and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. Well, they'll bring it into question. In their greed, yeah, there's greed, these teachers will exploit you with fabricated stories. I love it. The guy comes to town. At the end of the day, he wants your money. He's going to make you laugh. He's going to tell you stories. Some may even be true. But he is going to go ahead and he's going to testify. He's going to win you over by his slick looks, his syrupy speech. You're going to like him. And then he's going to make an appeal to get your money in his pocket. I see all these preachers. They come every day, man. They're big names. You'd know them. World famous. Big names in the body. Most popular people. And I get probably one guy sends me one every day. Another one sends me one. And it's so obvious. Hey, I've got a word for you, brother, in 2021. And you read down and give you a best gift today. You know, I'm sorry. I was born at night, but not last night. I am not giving you my money. These guys are rich already. The Bible says, do not be giving rich people your money. I don't believe them. They've got nice stories to tell. They may even be preaching the gospel. But they're after your money. They will use the gospel to get your money out of your pockets and put it in his pockets. You cannot make merchandise of you that is ungodly. Paul tells us to judge these folks and to kick them out of your church or run far from them. They are bringing the word of truth into disrepute. They are challenging God's word. These are people who Christ has bought. The blood of Jesus has purchased these people. They are, or they were, at some point, Christians. We can't let this kind of stuff go on in our churches and expect the saints to grow, expect them to see the world through the eyes of God. Lies don't bring transformation. Truth brings transformation. Man doesn't set people free. The Word sets people free. Our lack of biblical sincerity has led to the fall of our entire nation. We can't let this stuff go on. Unfortunately, we Christians, we don't know how to vote. We tell them to vote the Bible. (laughs) That's a joke. They don't know the Bible. There needs to be a refining work of the Holy Spirit within the church. Otherwise, we will continue to make Christians in name only, rather than witness the power and the presence of God's Holy Spirit in our churches and in our homes. Praying for revival is nice, but living revival is better. We must insist on holy living within the churches. That means extreme levels of accountability. Truth is, in America, our churches are way too large. Mega churches may have served a purpose back in the 80s and the 90s, but it's time to return intimacy to the body. It's time to teach and to promote intimacy, not only within the body, but intimacy with Christ. Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. Paul knew the value of knowing Christ. That was his goal. That's where he was headed. That's what he wanted. That was his greatest hope, his greatest dream, that I may know him. He wanted intimacy with Christ. 
And he knew that to get there, he needed the resurrection power that would result in him knowing Christ. The resurrection power that only Christ had, that only comes from knowing Christ. But he also knew that he would never achieve that resurrection power unless he first died. There can be no resurrection where there is no death. And Paul was willing to die daily for Christ in order that he might know him and his power. But look at the scripture. For Paul, and most of us as well, that death that was going to get him to experience the resurrection power of Christ would require him suffering for Christ. In America, a man in his wisdom has chosen to preach a gospel that's void of suffering. It doesn't include judgment. It holds no one accountable and only reveals the nice, non-judgmental, loving side of Christ. That is the reason one in ten Christians knows how to vote. That is the reason one in ten Christians can look through the world through the eyes of Christ and have a heart that's broken when they see the suffering that's going on. That is the reason we have no passion for the lost souls. That is the reason we are scared to hold one another accountable within the church. We have left off the word of God. We have reinvented the God that we want that doesn't judge us, that won't correct us, that doesn't worry about our sins, and that lets us do whatever we want knowing that we're saved, everything's okay. That's not the Christ we're going to preach in the coming days. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.